Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 118-109 to win against the Golden State Warriors in Game 1 of the NBA Finals record. You know, I joked before the pod, we're on a 5-game win streak against the Bucks and Warriors. You know, there, there wasn't a point in this game where it looked like the Raptors were worried. It was, it was phenomenal to see. Ben... Keep rambling for a second because I'm going to try to find a comment of the day. We actually just won the first game of the NBA Finals. It is a completely new feeling, and I, I, I'm sort of left speechless right now. So you keep going for a second. I'm going to pull up something from YouTube. Certainly, because Riker, you know, the Toronto Raptors is the first time they've ever been on the stage. You know, Kawhi, Danny, they've been here before in Surge as well. well. We'll talk about all the players individually after, but, you know, the Golden State Warriors are a team that are trial-tested through and through. They've been in the finals, it seems like, the past 80 years. Every year you see Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They swept the Portland Trailblazers. They looked, they had, you know, a week and a half rest. It looked like that they would be able to come into this game and, you know, cement their game. They, they don't usually lose you know, games that are very important to a series. And game one on Toronto could completely demoralize the team and, you know, the inexperienced Raptors and the, it wasn't even the players that were tested and, you know, the guys that have had the experience that carried the Toronto Raptors tonight. It was the newbies. It was the guys that have never been there. You know, the guys that, that have just been, you know, talked about in the playoffs. Fred Van Vliet criticized to death before the last three games of the Buck series. He came out, played phenomenal. Pascal Siakam is looking like, you know, a god amongst boys on the on the basketball court, shooting 14-17 from the field, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, with Draymond Green on him, Riker. I'm, you know, the fact that we just played the Golden State Warriors, a team that every time you're on the court, you just expect to, you know, whenever the ball is in Curry or Clay's hands, you just get very uncomfortable, you get tense as a fan of the other team, and, you know, with that big monstrous team, just looked so Well, offensively, diminished. well, they're not a big monstrous team. On offense, they are, and they're yep. what we were saying in the last game, that sometimes a good defense is a better offense. You know, you just mm-hmm. win the game purely by outscoring the other team. And that's what you're the most worried about happening with the Warriors. Yep. I have a comment of the day. Hey, it's coming in mid-podcast, it seems, this one. Coop Donald, <laughs> he's saying if Pascal, Fred, Norm, and Kalo play good, we will win. He had the first two right because Pascal and Fred did explode, as you had just mentioned. But Ben... Mm-hmm. The series will completely shift once Kevin Durant comes back. But with that being said, Kawhi Leonard had his worst game of the playoffs so far and really wasn't needed that much on defense because a lot of the defense came from all the guys running around the perimeter guarding, you know, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson. But what I really liked the most about this game was how they were able to slow it down. We had that as one of the keys. But the yep. Raptors, they stayed very level-headed. Even Pascal Siakam, who's one of the most infamous guys now in the league for trying to sprint and do everything as fast as possible, I think the Kawhi Leonard mentality is bled off onto the rest of the team, and they you know, used as much shot clock as possible on each possession. They passed the ball around really well. The person playing the most ISO ball tonight, I felt like, was Kawhi Leonard, so it was really just a good, mature, poised display from the entire Raptors team. Certainly, and that's a guy you want to be playing iso ball. And you brought up the point that they aren't, you know, fast-breaking a lot. And I think they played a pretty fast game, but they didn't rush anything. The thing about, you know, there's a big difference between rushing and playing fast. You know, we saw a lot of fast breaks from Siakam, but those all came in the mid-post. The Golden State Warriors, they're such a disciplined team. They always have players back, but they, they never forced any dumb shots. And that was just great to see from the Toronto Raptors. But, you know, I briefly mentioned him earlier. We have to talk about Pascal Siakam, Riker. 32 points in his first NBA Finals appearance. He was hitting dribble pull-up shots in Draymond Green 
Green's face. Draymond Green called himself the greatest defender of all time, like a few days ago. And Pascal Siakam really made him eat his words tonight. 14 of 17 from the field. He, well... Draymond Green doubled down on his assertion that he was the greatest defender of all time when re-asked about it yesterday. He said, if you don't believe in yourself, yep. then what are you doing? But Ben, I don't... I Okay, I would. my initial thoughts are, I don't understand how Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam is able to do that out on the court. But then, <laughs> under a more reasonable, rational lens, it makes sense. Pascal Siakam has probably four inches on Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green is a little bit thicker. You know, he's maybe got a little bit more weight on him. But Pascal Siakam is quick. He can. He has a really good post. Uh, post up. He shook him, Draymond Green, a little bit. And if he's playing with confidence, he can hit the three, and he can hit that dribble pull. So it makes sense. That's what mm-hmm. we wanted more from him in the Bucks series. And now that that height disadvantage is gone, because the Bucks are able to clog the key so much, and and they had Giannis on him exactly. Series. And the Warriors don't really have that much height. I mean, when they're playing the uh, Jordan Bell when Draymond Green small, lineup, yeah. the tallest guy on the, on the court is six nine. So it makes mm-hmm. sense if Pascal Siakam wants to stay confident in this series, he can score that much every se- not at the same rate, but he can be in the 20s plus every single game. Yeah, and that's what and you know, we talked about at the beginning of the playoffs. We expected, you know, Kawhi Leonard to have great games night by night, but Pascal Siakam to be that second guy, that second option that, you know, cuz tonight the Golden State Warriors completely loaded in on Kawhi Leonard. We'll talk about his performance after, but we need Siakam to be that second guy that can pop off and, you know, against the Bucks and the second half of the Sixers series, he kind of waned off a little bit, but to see him bounce back in such a strong fashion in the NBA Finals is super encouraging to see, but the second guy we got to talk about, you know, we talk about Kawhi every night, but Marcus Saul, especially at the beginning of this game, he was the main reason the Raptors came out and got the early lead. You know, he had some weird foul calls on him, but even playing through foul trouble, 20 points, seven rebounds, and just the aggression we saw from Marcus Saul. And he didn't take that many shots, but whenever he got the ball, he looked to score first, and it, it was a lot better to see, you know, because we see Marcus Hall sometimes hesitate and give up open shots, but tonight didn't give up a thing. He even forced a couple shots down low and one contested three, and his offensive game looked like the Marcus Hall of the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, Ben, I know you were happy to say to see that. You were saying at half court that everybody has been criticizing Marcus Hall and saying that he'll be unplayable in this series because he's not going to be able to keep up out on the perimeter and be able to handle switches. I'm certainly happy to see him play just because of how tentative and how hesitant he was whenever he'd received the ball in pre- previous series to even look at the rim, right? He was not mm-hmm. not a pass-first guy. He was a pass-only, it seemed, and then sometimes he'd get the yep. shot. So it's nice that he's looking at the basket. But explain to me this, Ben. How is it that Danny Green, I think he only hit one three in the entire Bucks series. Marcus Gasol didn't <laughs> look fantastic in the Bucks series. Um, yeah, he had a couple of good games. Gasol had a couple of good games, and his defense was great all around. Yeah, and now Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet is now able to continue the ball going, but you know, we didn't get much performance from Kawhi Leonard tonight, and we especially didn't get that much performance, both in scoring terms only, right? They played really good all-around yep. games, but from Kyle Lowry especially. So how is it that every single game for the Toronto Raptors, somebody else seems to step up? You know, it's we obviously have constructed a team where there is a lot of individual talent, right? And it, it can happen. Mm. But why is it that on a night like tonight, you could see Danny Green finally make shots, and you could see Marcus All eat? Is it just because of the how the defense changes, or is there something else playing here? 
Well, you know, we've had we've played against three very good teams from the second round onwards, and we saw the role players really struggle against the Philadelphia 76ers. It was Kawhi Leonard who really had to carry, but I think that series was just a horrible matchup for the Toronto Raptors. They were so big and long. We're a more smaller, small ball team, and they could really bully our shooters, and it was just an unfortunate thing. We've talked about that. The The Bucks were a better team, but we matched up a bit better against them, and it it's almost like the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, the Warriors are much better than the two teams we played earlier, and this series is by no means over and nothing like that but it feels like the Toronto Raptors are just built to go up against the Golden State Warriors ridiculously good on ball defenders you know a strong big man that can eat up whoever the the Golden State Warriors have down low you know Kawhi Leonard even when KD comes back a guy that can lock down that sort of player and can eat up on the other side of the court I think the the role players really match up well against the the Golden State Warriors so you know obviously they're not going to be good on a night-by-night basis and the Raptors are at home so the the role players always play better on their home court I think you know in games like this we can really especially when the matchups are good we can see the role players really step up and you know because they're not really going you know they have curry clay thompson draymond green who are hall of famers superstars but the rest of them andre iguodala is older he'll probably be in the hall of fame as well maybe he's in finals mvp but the rest of them you know alfonso mckinney jarebko looney these guys can be taken advantage of by the toronto raptors bench and you know we've given nick nurse credit for cutting down the rotation and they played nine guys tonight but yeah. norman powell and mccall were basically oh, i love to see mccall there, but I'd love to see him out there. Yeah. But Ben, I look at yeah, that but lineup. The, but the Warriors, but the Warriors, they played twelve or the eleven players solid minutes. Yeah, but that's just because that's just because they're they can't rely too much on Demarcus Cousins. I, I think that this yep. will completely shift. Well, the Raptors are taking advantage. Yes, but the dynamic will completely shift once the Kevin Durant comes back and is reinserted into the lineup. If he's able to play next game, I'm not sure. I assume, I think that he probably will. To be honest, just based off a, a hunch. So to say, but yeah. Ben, I look at that lineup when they had only Clay Thompson out there, and I think it was Livingston and Quinn Cook, and probably Kevon Looney, and then one more, maybe Iguodala, or maybe it was Zarebko. But the only like really high octane player was Clay Thompson, and I said take the Warriors yep. jerseys off of these guys and put any other team's jersey on there. That's a bad team. Like none of those guys are gonna you know cause you any trouble. They have I think one of the probably the worst bench that the Raptors have played now in this playoffs so like to date and that's that's a big thing to say against the the Warriors but without Kevin Durant and with DeMarcus Cousins playing the way he is I think that the the Warriors bench is atrocious I don't think they have anybody solid coming off the bench that the Raptors should be concerned about so they should do exactly what they did tonight every single night until Uh, Kevin Durant comes back you know if you look at the players individually you know, Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney, Jones Jarebko, they're guys Terrible. that bounce around the league. Like, like Alfonso McKinney got cut from the Toronto Raptors Summer League team. If you look at them Terrible. individually, then I think you might have an argument there. But they play, you know, Steve Kerr has crafted an offense where the open shots just come left, right, and center for these players. And the one that good thing about all these guys that you mentioned, you know, aside from Sean Livingston, who I, I still think is a solid backup point guard. He does different things on the court. But when you have guys with just the, you know, the, the gravity of Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, it, it just opens up the floor for the rest of these players. And they are effective in the fact, in the sense that they can hit their open threes. And we did see, you know, yeah, when Steph Curry's out there, I'm talking Drago. about the bench lineup, the bench lineup that they have. Yeah, it was no, only but Clay even with Clay, with Clay just out there and Sean Livingston be able to set people up, I still still think that they're you know a solid you know I don't I wouldn't call them the worst bench that we've gone up against in the playoffs but that's something that the the people in the you know comment section could argue we got a one we haven't really brought up the Raptors bench at all in this podcast and you know well, it, we it's almost it. how about we go to the segments first and then we can come back to it because uh, they they might come up in the in some in the, some of the things that we're talking about I certainly have one or two things in mind 
That's fair. That's very fair. Tonight, the Kawhi Doom like that play, today, play of the day. Riker, do you have one in mind? I do. Fred Van Vliet. The clock yeah. running down, one-legged. I, I think yeah. it hit backboard, rim, it hit everything. It was a wild circus shot, and it went down. Fred Van Vliet Sr., thank God for having a kid. It came at the perfect time because he has been hot ever since. Fred Van Vliet, he's, he has to have kids b- before every game. That's that's the, the kind of theory that we came up with watching the game, or at least I did with the people I was watching with. But, yeah, Fred Van Vliet, he's been amazing, Riker. Before we swing into the OGs, 15 points, 2 assists, but 5 of 8 from the field, hit some timely, timely buckets, you know, some shots in the paint. He was driving a lot in this game. What were your just impressions on his all-around game, and including that wild shot? Well, I said it earlier in the podcast. I think the most impressive thing to me with Fred Van Vliet or maybe not the most impressive, I guess anybody can do it, but just how they effectively, Nick Nurse effectively used him to defend Stephen Curry. Steph yeah. is just, he just is nonstop. He's just running around mm-hmm. left, right, and center. You have to be completely on your toes, and why not wear out a guy like Fred Van Vliet? You know, save the energy for Kyle, who's going to guard somebody else. But Fred did a really good job, and I mean, Steph Curry had, I think, 30 two to 36 points something in that range but but they were difficult yeah i felt like it was good and a lot of them were really bogus uh free throw call or foul mm-hmm. calls I, I thought that the some of the calls he, he embellishes a lot he's a big flopper but i think i think the defense was pretty solid and fred van vliet is a is one of the major parts of that tonight Yep, certainly, you know, Fred Van Vliet's off-ball defense, we tweeted it out, he was just absolutely amazing, so shout out to Fred Van Vliet, he did a really good job in the regular season, you know, uh, guarding Seth Curry in those two games, so it's great to see him continue that into the NBA Finals, but not all plays can be the Kawhi doing like that play of the day, and some just make you say, oh geez, Riker, and you know, the OGs for me, it was Marcus Gasol, he started off the game super aggressive, super hot, but there's one possession where he had the ball kind of kicked to him a little bit, and there was no one around him, you know, they, they just, I guess the strategy now on Gasol is to not even guard him because he hasn't really been looking for a shot. And he still hesitated. He did that one little thing where he always looks to pass when there's no one around him. And then he finally, he, you know, he came to his senses and shot the three. He banged it down. I was like, oh, geez. I was screaming at my TV because I was saying, Gasol, why even think about not taking that shot? But it was nice to see him aggressive all around otherwise. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Yeah, and finally, the infamous, the one no, we got a new se- we got the new segment, Ben. Oh, yeah, that's true. You you take it away, Riker. We'll take it away. I you know what it's called it. I I locked it in. I don't love the title, but we're going with it. The true Warriors segment. We were playing the Warriors, but obviously there's going to be a Raptor that shines that deserves the title of the true Warrior in the game. Mm-hmm. I made a pretty meme segment. Hopefully you guys like it. But tonight for me, the true Warrior segment play was Pascal Siakam getting a huge yeah. rejection on Draymond Green, showing mm-hmm. the best defensive player of all time a thing or two about how to properly play defense. It was pretty special moment. Certainly, you know, people call Pascal Siakam the next Draymond Green. He he's the the first Pascal Siakam. He's been out here and he's he's quieting the people that are making the comparisons cuz he wants to be better than Draymond. He's a scorer. He can do a lot and that block was almost symbolism. It was metaphoric to Pascal Siakam's future of his career. You know, uh, we hope you guys like the new segment, but we we got to finish it, end it off with with a classic, a staple, the Damari Carroll Gold Star Award, Riker. And do you do you have a Damari Carroll Gold Star in mind? Oh, I do, but it's not related to the basketball yeah. game. So if you want to go first, you can. <laughs> no, no, you take. It. I know what it is. <laughs> We get out, I don't know, some guy. He won The Voice, apparently. I think that that's a singing competition or something like that. I've never seen it. But a be- angelic voice, a big 
you know, big guy, but he's got a nice lady's voice on him, and it was beautiful. <laughs> Sings the Star Spangled Banner. I felt like, you know, it, the Canadians even gave the standing ovation. Well done. You know, really good performance. Now, I'm excited because the past, I think, entire series, we just had one guy singing the anthem for us, and he would always stop yeah. in the third verse or the second verse. I don't know. He would he would go silent and let the crowd sing. So I was ready to play my part, sing along. I had the intensity going, and they bring out a three-man a cappella group with, like, <laughs> piano and guitar. It was the worst performance I've ever heard in my entire life. And this is on top of some of the Super Bowl performances where the, the ladies forgot the, the lyrics of the stars. But this was the worst one. The worst of all time. I had to put it on mute, Ben. I was so disappointed. They did us dirty, but that's my Gold Star Award. Nothing related to the game, but they better bring out a better cast tomorrow night. Yo, get it tweeting. Get, get it trending on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. Get Riker Richard to sing the national anthem of Game 2 of the NBA Finals. You know why I do Make a good job? Make it happen, Raptors Digest Do you know fans. why I would do a good job? Because I'd sing for like two seconds, and then I just I would just let everybody else sing along with me. So it would just be like, it would be beautiful. It would be, everybody would have goosebumps. I wouldn't try to steal a show with a bunch of high notes. I would just sing it the way it's intended to, and it would be glorious. We want the high notes, Riker. We want the high notes from you. Make it happen. Tweet it out. You know... Anyways, before this podcast gets off the rails, you know, you're the best for making this fire. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. You know, Riker Richard for singing the national anthem of Game 2, NBA Finals. Make it happen, Raptors Digest fans. There we go, man. I'm ready to eat my words. I hope the Raptors can now pull together another couple games and actually turn this into a real competitive series. They got the lead, and let's hope they can sustain it, Ben. Let's get it, Riker. Boom. Cheers.